If you are in emotional distress or experiencing thoughts of harm to yourself or others, help is available 24-7. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-TALK. That's 800-273-8255 for Spanish and English. Deaf and hard of hearing can contact the TTY line at 800-799-4889. Or you can text HELLO to 741-741 to connect with a crisis text line counselor. If you need mental health treatment but cannot afford it, Contact Rise Above the Disorder, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to making mental health care accessible to everyone. They're at URRAD.org. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-R-A-D.org. You are not alone. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is John and Kevin's Big Stupid Podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm John. And ladies and gentlemen, today, John, are you going to try and pretend like you don't know what's happening today? <laughs> what's going on today? I have no idea. <laughs> you, you don't what, know, what are we doing? You don't realize there's four other people on here? Oh, oh, what, <laughs> look at that. There is. Oh, so, so there is. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, today we have some very special guests. Some, uh, some are returning. And um, we have one, one newcomer to the show. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, today we have The Shift. All right, let's yes! The Shift. Okay. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have Nadia Sarmova. And we have Mary Albertoli. <laughs> uh, creator and executive producer, Mary Albertoli. And co-creator, social impact content producer, Nadia Sarmova. And we have the host, ladies and gentlemen, the hostess. We have Adrian. Give <laughs> it up for Adrian for the very first time on the show, guys. Thanks. Nice. Nice. Well, welcome to the show. Woo! This is awesome. I love big, stupid things. So <laughs> that's great. Well, this, what is, a the name. Biggest, this, this is the biggest. This is the biggest stupidest. and the stupidest thing you'll ever see. <laughs> That's We're honored. Perfect. We're honored. So we, uh, we've had Nadia and Mary on the show. And uh, just before we got started, we, we were saying that uh, we were shocked that they actually wanted to come back. <laughs> you guys are the best. We're so stoked to be here. Thank you. Uh, we, we love having you guys on. And um, the last time you were on, it was it was awesome. Oh, it was great. It was it, it was it was a great show. It, I mean, it was like. It was good. I mean, I, I think I think I think what you guys are doing is great way to sell you know? it it was good oh, I, 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 uh, that's a great way to start uh, we got to get this thing rolling. so um for, for those of you for those of you who don't uh who don't know um the last time those of you that are new listeners um the shift is i'm, I'm gonna call it like a it's a movement right yes <laughs> um it's a it's a movement to um to get the to get the word out there about um, mental mental illness and mental health and to remove the stigma, uh, especially with the uh, with the youngsters out there. You guys want to um, elaborate on on what you're about? You know, give our listeners a little recap and yes, you know. certainly. So you know, I had um, I was a social worker for many years before I started to really pay attention to the statistics of the youth, especially in our country, and the mental health declining between the shootings on a weekly basis. And God, um, the suicide rates had, had increased, I think it was from 2007 to 2017, 56%. And um, what really hit home was a nine-year-old who took her life in, uh, uh, I believe was North Carolina. And um, I kind of, you know, said as a former social worker, something needs to be done. So I got into communication with Maureen Icern, who I believe was on the last interview. Um, and who is also, she's a co-founder as well as a um, co-producer and co-CEO, as well as Nadia, to develop content, to create conversations that could take place candidly between our youth without the make wrong and without the judgment that having these feelings for strange or ordinary it's just really a part of their humanity. Okay. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, 
Yeah, um, I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and um, let everybody know that uh, I am uh, I, I currently see a, a therapist myself um, and it's taken me a while and I'm 43. It's taken me a while, number one, to see one <laughs> to, to, you know, to admit the fact that I that I would need one and to 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 go and see one and, and whatever. Um, because even for me at 43, you know, there, there there's a stigma. I mean, I could imagine, or or at least I've that's how I felt, you know. Um, I could imagine what what youngsters, you know, feel like. Um, letting people know that they have to, you know, they have to see a therapist or, you know, that they have some sort of a, of an issue. I mean, you, if you have, you know, if you have like a, a, a limp in, in school, you, that's it. It's over. <laughs> like, you know, imagine, imagine something, you know, something like this, you know, it, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be very, very hard with mental health well yeah because it's been so silent for so yeah. long or there's stigmas have been in place that have left people feeling as though they can't talk about it or they need to power through something and you know it's gotten really dangerous as we see from the stats um and um i'll let nadia speak more in terms of like what we're doing in terms of an evolution around the shift and how we've come from a seedling when we first spoke to you to how we've grown um but we're, we're really excited about being able to create this platform, this digital platform that will allow um, others to hear and to speak and to really just be to better to ourselves, more generous to ourselves. I mean, we've, we're so hard on ourselves. Oh, yeah. yeah that, then, go ahead. Well, well, I was just going to say before we get into, you know, where the shift is going, like, thank you for admitting that to us and, and being open with talking about that, because one of the biggest things we've realized just through even to having these conversations and developing this movement and having the interviews and, and doing the shift starter series, like we've just noticed that it is this amazing butterfly effect when one person is okay with being vulnerable about their own story and, and saying something and going out on that limb, like you just did, it has a tremendous effect, a positive effect. It's the, the biggest thing that I can't wrap my head around is that so many people, young and old and in between, are going through things and are seeing therapists and are dealing with this, and yet we aren't even aware that each other is. It's so much more common than we think. So yeah, in schools, you know, probably majority of the kids are walking around dealing with things like that. And if we all could just say, okay, on, on the count of three, we're all going to say what we're coming through. <laughs> yeah. like everyone would be talking, right? So yeah. So like, thank you for sharing that. And I think it's, it really is any age, someone can be experiencing this, any gender, any circumstance. And really for us, like focusing on the youth, we just, you know, aim to create a young generation that feels comfortable that can rise up and, you know, teach generations after them. And just, yeah, it is, it's, that's what we're all about. So thank you for opening up about that, but I'll let you guys, Nadia and Mary's and, actually what we're and, I, and I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say that like me and Kevin have been friends forever. Right. And he told me about this maybe a couple months ago. Right. And I was like, all right, you know, it's like, it was like, there was no problem. You yeah. know, I, I didn't think he was nuts. I didn't think anything was wrong with it. Maybe, you know, so, so I think like, you know, normalizing it, you know, that people need mental help, you know, I, I, and I, th I, I think most people would be like, all right. But, but I really do think that like people are afraid to still come out and say yeah. it. Cause I, I could tell Kevin was afraid to even say something about this. And I'm like, dude, whatever, man, it's fine, man. You know, like, like everybody's yeah. got something. I need to probably go see somebody. I'm going to tell you right now. I, 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 I need to go see somebody, you know, but like, <laughs> you know, just to like talk, yeah. you know, I mean, like, especially like the other day, I'm like, oh, forget it with the kids, with the, with the homeschooling and stuff. I'm like, I'm like ready to lose it, but like, I'm telling you right now, but like the, the, the fact that he said it and he was like afraid, I could tell he was afraid to say it. And I'm like, dude, it's cool, man, whatever, you know? And, and I think that kind of like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that kind of made him feel okay about it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, yeah. it, it, it was, it kind of normalized it. Like you said, it needs to be normalized and, and people and need it, help. Bringing up, bringing up that point that it's more, you know, it's more common 
it's more common that you than you think you know i think about just being human and going through this life and and how can you not you know how can you not need oh, yeah. just somebody to somebody to bounce things off of and and just to to say hey this is this is where i am and this is what's going on you know because you know even the closest people in your life um not that they judge you but they they see different sides of you and 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 because because they are always in your life whether it's your best friend whether it's your wife whether it's your your um your husband whatever you know, you're like they might look at me differently if they know this inner feeling about me or you know or whatever so to be able to talk to somebody who is outside of that you know um somebody who somebody who is um you know neutral is is a is a great thing it, it's really it's really freeing and 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 wonderful and i think i think we would all be happier as a human race if more people just said you know what i i need to talk to somebody you know even not even not like you know, serious mental health issue, just like, you know what, I just need to get some shit off my chest. Mm -hmm. You know, let me just sit down and, you know, before it becomes something that's, that's much, much worse. That's true. Kevin, Kevin, you know, um, I I don't want to overstep um, something. uh, And that is that statistics across the board have shown that um, mental health crises has escalated for literally every demographic and every age group. And given our target market, um, which is young people from 14 to 25, we really focus in on students. And so recently a report put out by um, the Chronicle of Higher Education pointed out that despite this high need, there are um, students who may not seek help for four primary factors. Number one, um, at 41% said that there's just no need. There's no need to go get help. Number two, at 27% said they prefer to deal with issues on their own. The third factor that prevents young people from seeking help is at 23% um, said that they just don't have enough time and 15% said it was too expensive. And so with this as the foundation, it's really why the shift exists. We're here to start the conversation, stop the stigma and empower young people to voice their struggles, to seek and get connected to resources and really be at the source of creating mental well-being as the norm. Um, across communities. And so, you know, I really acknowledge you for um, just opening up and sharing because I can guarantee that your, um, your share is going to inspire others to, uh, to consider, at the very least, consider um, getting, getting some, some level of support. Yeah, well, I've always been really inspiring. So I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> always telling me like you know you're really inspiring me you know all the time oh, you know. oh, all, the, all the time i'm just like oh kevin i i just want to <laughs> I, I just want to like live my life like you i mean yeah. totally that's all i want to do exactly. <laughs> um so nadia um why don't why don't you uh let us let us know um how uh what you've been what the shift has been up to uh, since you've been on our show, because because again, I mean, you know, coming on our show, you guys are probably blown up, blown up. I mean, blown up. You know, I, I, I'm just. <laughs> we have blown up. The amount of exposure you must have gotten being on our show. <laughs> so what have we been up to? We've been we've been up to a lot. Um, so between. May and October of this year, during the thick of the pandemic, led by the one and only um, Adrian, um, we produced um, 21 episodes of Shift Starter series on Instagram. 
And uh, it was really our attempt to create an authentic for youth by youth conversation series that gave young people a relevant and safe space to demonstrate what effective conversation uh, looks like about current events and mental and emotional health. And um, it, it was eye-opening for us. And I'd love for Adrian to chime in as well. Um, but it was, it was amazing because in addition to um, some extraordinary young people, our first season also featured some high profile individuals um, that opened up about their mental health as well as mental health ambassadors. And we're super excited about season two, which will start sometime in the new year. But before we get to season two, I'd like to pass it on to Adrienne so she can speak from the, the um, really intimate one-on-one -on -one, um, interaction that she had with some of these guests and, and uh, what she took away from it. Yeah. I mean, it really was incredible. Like, like we said, we, we have to kind of assume now that a lot of people walking around just are dealing with something or have dealt with something, have experienced something mental health related in their lives and whether they have or haven't opened up about it, it's probably there. And I, something I just discovered by talking to all these amazing people is some of them were very comfortable talking about it. Some of them, it was the first time they were talking about it. And just seeing kind of the different perspectives of, of different people experiencing different things, some who felt like very well versed in what was going on and, and they've gotten help and they're very knowledgeable now and others who were still a little bit uncomfortable talking about it, didn't quite fully know how to handle it. Therapy did or didn't work. It was just very eye-opening, but I, I was really excited about being able to showcase both of those types of conversations. Because like I said before, I think something that's super important to me about this whole movement and just coming out and saying things like this is that every time someone, like I said, is, is vulnerable and willing to share their story, it really creates this butterfly effect. Like if even one person is watching that and they think, wow, that person just said that they go through this thing that I go through. I'm not alone. I'm going to like, that makes me feel empowered to talk to someone else. That was, that's like the goal here. And, and I just think it was so interesting hearing a lot of different things that people go through and also realizing that even all the stuff I've gone through, like it's all on a spectrum. And, and I think one of the biggest things I've realized is there's no, like you have it worse than me. I have it worse than you. I don't deserve getting help because my issue is not that bad. It's like, I encountered people who have dealt with far what I would consider worse than what I've dealt with. But, you know, I learned that that doesn't mean that I shouldn't also be able to be helped and live a better life and all of that. Um, it was just, it was just very eye-opening and the response is overwhelming. I just find that people listening to conversations about mental health, the reaction is just so good. It's so positive. It's, it's people saying that they feel like they finally can admit something that they're going through or giving people have been given hope that they could find, you know, a better therapist. I think something I learned, one of the biggest takeaways, um, was actually about therapy specifically and that, you know, I think a lot of people do struggle with potentially the bad stigma around going to therapy, but also maybe not having had a great experience the first time. And I swear, I say this on like every interview and call and everything that one of our guests, I can't remember who now, but they said that this quote that I will never forget, they were like, therapy is like dating. And I was like, oh my God, it literally is like dating. <laughs> like <laughs> you have to find the right match. And when it comes to mental health, that's, that's challenging sometimes because you're in a vulnerable place and you're not feeling your best. And it's kind of like when you're super, super sick and you need to go to urgent care or the doctor and you're so sick, you're like, how am I even going to walk to my car? Like, how am I even going to drive? Right. It's like kind of hard because you're like in this state where you don't feel good. And so with mental health, like when you're in a state like that, the last thing you want to do is work harder and harder to try to get help, to try to find someone. You don't want to have that stamina to like, oh, this failed and this failed. Let me try another thing. But I think just putting it in perspective like that, a lot of people responded well being like, you know what, you're right. If one therapist isn't the right fit for you or one method of therapy, there are other things to try. And I think a lot of people realized that. I realized that it was really just cool to hear that. And I don't know, that was one of the biggest takeaways for me. I grew up with two psychologist parents. So literally my household was full of shrinks and just talking oh, about boy. all the time. So that was, you know, interesting. It was, it was amazing. I mean, now that I'm an adult, I'm like, wow, that was incredible. And I was definitely raised well and raised to be aware of things like this. And for me, it was always normal, but 
it's been really cool and, and saddening, of course, just seeing different perspectives and how some people didn't have that kind of support um, growing up. And, and there's the internet now and we're, we're looking to the internet and sometimes that's such a beautiful thing, but sometimes that's also very detrimental. So anyway, there are, there are so many amazing takeaways, but being able to actually talk face-to-face -to, -face to people about what they're going through especially knowing that they were being vulnerable with me and with us for the sake of helping anyone listening was like incredible and awesome. And I want to do it a million times over. <laughs> and yeah, I just hope we can get that out to more and more people so that everyone can be affected and helped. I, I honestly think one of the most important things you said, and it was like a little, and I, I kind of put my finger up when you said it, you said that somebody that may have like a little something, you know, and, and that they're like, well, other people have it worse than me. Yeah. But you know what? No, but no, you know, everybody's mind is different. You know, everybody, you know, and I, and I think that was a really important thing. Cause like that one little thing could be like, you know, the be all end all of something, Yeah. you know, and, and, and it, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of people handle things differently and a lot of people could take a lot, you mm -hmm. know, like, like, they're, like some people could take the weight of the world on their shoulders. Yeah, you know, and, and keep going. Other people, maybe, maybe they can't, you know, and, and I, th and I think like that really like that, that was like a really strong statement you said, you know, because I, I really think that like, you know, whatever it is, you know, if, if you can't deal with it yourself, mm -hmm. eventually that may lead to other things or it may lead to bigger problems, you know, or, or escalate, you know, your, your uh, condition. Right. So, you know, and, and I do think that if, if there is an issue, I, I do really think people need to seek help, whatever mm -hmm. it is. You know, and so even, even if you are the kind of person that can carry the weight of the world on your shoulders, you don't have to, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to. And, and like, you know, the, you know, like, like when you, when you said, oh, other people have it, have it worse than me and stuff, it. It's almost like, well, I don't deserve to, exactly. you know, I don't deserve to go out. And, and it's like, no, but you do like everybody deserves it. Mm -hmm. Everybody deserves to feel well. Everybody deserves to, to feel good about themselves and, and to, to be able to function, you know, yeah. out. And I want, especially with youth, like if you're 13 years old and the worst thing that's experienced that you've experienced in your whole life is that you had a crush on someone and they didn't like you back then that's the worst thing that you've experienced thus far. If you're 13 years old and the worst thing you've experienced is that you had an abusive parent and you worry that food can't be put on the table, that's your day-to-day -day life. And that's the worst thing that you've experienced. And I think, I hope that, that, you know, and something we can facilitate and help with is, is for, yeah, that both of those people who are both carrying the weight of something to understand that in their life and their, you know, on their spectrum of mental health, both are, equally important and both deserve to get to be, you know, helped and both deserve to be able to feel better about their situation. And, and I also hope that that can go the same as, uh, in terms of young people, not judging or shaming each other for those types of things. Right. You know, I think there's a lot of, unfortunately, some negativity, especially on social media too, where it's like other people could be telling the girl who, you know, is upset about a, a breakup, like, well, you like, that's not even that bad. Like I deal with this and, you know, it's hard for young people to navigate all of this, right. Us as adults can sit here and be like, yeah, this makes sense. So I think that's part of our effort too, is like, how can we teach both youth and their parents and their counselors and their teachers and everyone how to facilitate these types of conversations and how to, you know, encourage anyone that they do deserve that kind of help. And and, and, and here's, here's, the, here's the other thing I'm thinking about. Like, you, you know, the youth now is dealing with things that we have never dealt with in mm -hmm. our lives. You know, their whole life is based on social media, uh, on getting likes, on getting, you know, the, 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 the amount. And it seems so silly to even say for us. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're older, you know, but like the amount of likes a kid gets is a huge impact on their self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And this is something that is basically never like been done before. Like this is all new. Mm -hmm. This is new. This is new for us. Like me and Kevin, you know, in particular, you know, and, and anybody, even people in their like twenties, you mm -hmm. know, it, like, like, like a, a 14 to 18 year old kid 
their social media is their everything. And mm-hmm. if they don't get a hundred likes on their on their post or on their TikTok or you know on, on whatever they're doing, like they're gonna feel like a failure. Yeah, you know, like, and, when and, we were in high school, like nobody told John that they liked him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, no, it's true though. And nobody, no one, no one did. No. No, but yeah, I, you know, <laughs> but it's true. You didn't go through. You didn't go through high school with constant reassurance that you know that oh, what what you're doing is is good or sexy yeah. or or fun or or you know funny or you know whatever. You know, I mean, and also, and, you, and and also you go through the other side of the coin where, you know, you have these horrible comments about, you know, why don't, well, why don't you do this, you know, instead of blah, 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 and what you're doing is terrible. I, you know, the, the opposite side of the coin it was true as well. Like, I, you know, you got picked on and stuff, but you didn't get constantly bombarded by. I, I, I always say I am so glad. Like social media wasn't around when we were in high school. Okay. It is the worst. It is Literally. the worst. Not, not that I'm going to, but I could never run for office. <laughs> that is actually. We totally vote for you, Kevin. We yeah. Would. Oh, yeah. But no, well, that's such a good point about social media. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm 28 years old, and I think Instagram came out when I was a sophomore in college, I want to say. But like, even for me, I'm like the last age group, I think, that survived that kind of era because I just barely escaped like school without social media. And I'm in the same boat. I'm genuinely like, and I'm all over social media now and it's my job. And I'm like, oh, I could talk about that. But, but I'm still of the same mindset. I'm like, thank goodness this was not a thing when I was younger because I already was insecure. I already would look at the girls that had more money for cooler clothes and like, I thought were prettier and like, dealing with that was enough and that was not online that was no like i can't even believe what goes on now and honestly a huge 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 factor for why i even began working with these amazing women on the shift was because i am my job is posting content online and i am one of those people who's always on the internet but it is so important to me and over the years it's just become more and more apparent my value as a person who is a role model online that I want to show people that influencers and celebrities and everyone that you're looking at have their own struggles and that we should be able to talk about them and that those people should be able to talk about them and that people need to understand that social media is not life. It is not life. It does not mean no, it's not real. everything. It's not real. It's a highlight reel. You think everyone is all happy. So then you are sitting there with your own depression or anxiety or you know PTSD and you're thinking, what's wrong with me? all these people on Instagram are happy and beautiful and living their perfect lives. And I must be, there's something wrong with me. Right. And like, that's obviously so false and not a healthy way to look at it. So that was a huge reason why I even got involved was to try to change that. My wife, my wife is constantly, my wife, Jen is your, your wife, Jen, my wife, Jen. Oh, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> both, both of our wives are named Jen. <laughs> that old gag. No, uh, yeah, yeah, it's an old gag. Um, so, but, but my wife, she All right. is his not- wife Jen. Wait, his wife Jen gets personal cards from Facebook every Christmas <laughs> and every holiday for the amount of content she puts out on Facebook. And now she's wow. she's co- wow. she's constantly. Well, I'm, I'm kidding, but like that's how much she puts <laughs> out there. All right, and. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah go, go, go. I, I've, seen, I've seen her in action. I've seen her in action. All right, we yeah, have people come up to us and they're like, "Oh my God, your families—they're so beautiful. Your kids—they're so wonderful. You know, everybody's so happy or whatever." And every once in a while, my my wife posts the outtakes of, you know, and she's yes. like, "This is the real <laughs> shit." This is it. You know, not not everything that you see, not not the loving, you know, arms around each other, but when they're like literally like the Simpsons, like strangling each other, like I love that. that I'm writing that down. I want to start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you think about it, bloopers on any show, any movie, they're the best. Any comedy film you see, the oh, bloopers. Yeah. I always stick around for credits. Oh yeah. Bloopers. Because all I do is bloopers. That that's my whole thing. <laughs> my life, my is, life is a blooper. My life is a blooper, literally. <laughs> Big stupid bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what we gotta do. You know, it's funny. I was just gonna say 
we've got to do a blooper like we should do like a blooper show or a blooper reel but we just we keep everything in so it doesn't, yeah, there, there's nothing to we, hide don't do here. One ounce of, <laughs> we, just, we don't do one ounce of editing but no, Adrian, you you um you kind of brought up what what were you doing before before this like how did you how did you get involved with the shift and and yeah, yeah. so i so I'm, I'm here in Los Angeles and I moved here from Seattle for film school. Um, so I was always like into storytelling and sharing and being, you know, on or off camera, either one, but I basically started my career post-college, um, doing production stuff and then very quickly started building social media, um, channels, accounts. I started a YouTube channel basically at a time when it was like, a thing, but not a thing like it is now. It was a little bit more the OG pioneer. Before it was cool. Yeah, I mean, it was was like a secret cool world. And I was like, ooh, I'm gonna, again, it was kind of like even younger than me, which was, it wasn't even that far of a range. It was like people two years younger than me were like all up on YouTube and and my age group, my like grade was like, what? So I hopped on that and I was super into just obviously, you know, creating content, but also marketing it and and building an audience. So I quickly started building an audience. So I started my YouTube channel about five or six years ago. Um, Very quickly, that became my full-time job, just (laughs) content creation on YouTube um, and other social media as well to kind of complement that. Um, And my videos have ranged on, you know, various topics. It started very lifestyle, kind of got into some tech and like iPhone apps and hacks and all random stuff, honestly. Um, And then, yeah, so YouTube has really been my job the past five years, um, creating content for social media, working with brands that I love and and promoting products and things that I use and just being literally what they all now call the influencers, which I'm like, I hate that word. But but yeah, I've been creating content and, and this past year, actually, you guys will find interesting. I finally was like all right I guess I have to join TikTok because everyone said you got to do it it's the big thing now and I was like yeah whatever and then quarantine hit and I said you know what okay I'm bored let's do it um and TikTok actually blew up faster than my other social media platforms altogether. and so really I've just been like creating a ton of content and so what got me involved with the shift was obviously it has evolved a bunch in the last couple of years but when we first met Um, it was really, we were looking, or they were at the time looking for a host, someone to moderate these panels with expert, you know, experts on mental health and youth, uh, talking about things and kind of someone to moderate that, but particularly someone who either had an online presence and was kind of this role model or influencer, or even like a, a bigger celebrity or someone like that. So that, that it could help, you know, showcase that like, Hey, even that person, um, goes through things and can, and is very aware of mental health, but also has the ability to like host a show. And so I was like, Oh my God, this is my calling. I'm supposed to do this because I am totally an advocate, all things, mental health. My family is all about mental health. I've gone through my own things. I'm very, very passionate about, you know, wanting basically our mission, wanting to stop the stigma and start conversations and just totally change the landscape when it comes to youth mental health. Um, and so I found them and we all just clicked and it was amazing. And I just totally latched on. I was like, wherever this is going, I want to be a part of it, even as it changes and evolves. And it has, it's not the same thing that we had, you know, years ago, it's, it's bigger and better and different. And, um, so I just, yeah, I've just tried to remain a part of it, whether it's hosting the show, doing interviews or, um, you know, gathering a lot of youth to, who I have interviewed to, to be on little committees with me to help with social posts and, and do things because they're passionate too about talking about mental health and they want to help us. So kind of facilitating some of that stuff. Uh, but really just whatever the team needs of me has been kind of what I'm here to do. I just, yeah, it, it feels really good and fulfilling to be working on something that's a, that's a greater thing than just myself and my own content. And it creates a dialogue. It, social media can be so one-sided sometimes, really. It, everyone says it's a conversation. It's not. It's, it's you posting and people commenting, but it's really you talking to avoid. <laughs> so something like this is so fulfilling because it, you can really see the impact that it has on people. Um, and I'm just so excited to see where it goes in the next, you know, days, months, years, and I'll, I'll be a part of it. But yeah, that's how I got involved. It really just made sense. <laughs> Great. Um, so now, 
you have speaking of where where uh, where it's going to be going. Um, you guys have some upcoming uh, wellness rallies. Why don't you talk about number one what what that is, and then talk about what you're going to be doing. Sure. So, you know, it, standing in our commitment to really be of service to young people, especially during the quarantine and not going back to school and doing everything virtual. We came up with the idea of the Shift Virtual Wellness Rally Tour. That's a mouthful, I'm gonna say it again. The Shift Virtual Wellness Rally Tour. What is the Shift Virtual Wellness Rally Tour? <laughs> well, let me tell you. Um, it, is, it is really a series of fast-paced, interactive, virtual events and they're designed to start mental health conversations between young people and their communities. So for example, each wellness rally is localized to a certain community. For example, a high school, a university, uh, a corporation that um, employs a lot of young people or a community. Um, and each of these rallies would feature um, young people, experts, high profile individuals and brands that are all committed to amplifying the conversation and connecting the community to trusted mental and emotional health resources. Um, so we're in the process of creating our first shift wellness rally in Chicago. And we also have um, one in the works in Los Angeles and in Texas. Um, and we're just delighted to roll these out and bring it to every high school and every university um, and corporation um, really around the country. We really hope to be this go-to companion for people to routinely experience a shift in their mental and emotional state. So every time they uh, encounter the shift, that's really what we're out to cause is this shift in uh, mental and emotional um, state. Now, now, how do you, how does that work vir virtually with the with the high schools and, and stuff like that? So it would be through a streaming um, a streaming partner of ours would stream the entire um, content, uh, and some parts of the of the virtual rally would be pre recorded, and some would be live. But Kevin, I think you and John are going to just have to bring one of these rallies to your your community to really check it out for yourselves. I mean, maybe, what can I say? Maybe we will. <laughs> um, like I, I could literally see like a live event, like you guys put on and let's say X high school, you know, everybody logs on at the same, like, you know, you get the whole, like, you know, you go through the channels of getting it approved and then like you like get, every kid on their phone at the same time watching the same things. And, you know, I, I could totally see something like that happening where it's like every kid in this, per, you know, particular school, you're talking to 3000, 4,000 students at one time. And I, I could see that happening, you know, where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, this is like, you know, this is almost like things that are going to go on in the future, you know, or in the next couple of years where it's like, or in the next year or next month, you know, like this could be something that could actually happen, you know, where, where I, I, I think it would be a great idea just to do that live event where every kid, you don't even have to be there. You could just, you could just sit there while they're on their phones in the school and they're all sitting there because that's what the kids do. They sit there and look at their phones and just, you know, it could be a total live stream, you know, which is mm -hmm. like so cool that this could happen. Mm -hmm. You know, that's exactly, that's exactly it. Yeah. I mean, especially right now, you guys aren't teaching, right? I mean, you're teaching, but you're not in the classroom. No, uh, no, there's uh, really my kids are at home. So the kid, the school my kids are in, like, they're not there, you know, and then I don't know what Kevin's kids are, you know, Kevin's kids are home too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, they're more isolated now than ever. They're frustrated. They can't hang out with their friends. I mean, Mary can really speak to the stats that that we're we're privy to um but we really want to meet young people where they are right now exactly where they are right now and this is um one of our uh content um ideas to really being able to bring 
resources and um, conversation. Um, and each, you know, each rally is localized because we want to know what each community is struggling with. You know, the, the, your students, Kevin, may be struggling with something different than John's students. And so we have the ability to custom tailor each rally so that it speaks to the predominant uh, issue that um, those students are struggling with. Um, so Mary, why don't you, you've been, you've been sure. a little quiet. Why don't you tell us about <laughs> your, um, the, the stats like, like Nadia said? Yeah, so according to Mental Health America, which is a journal uh, this year, um, I think it was April, the proportion of youth 11, ages 11 to 17 who accessed mental health screening was 9% higher than 2019, and they have been more likely than any other age group to score for moderate severe symptoms of anxiety and depression. Um, from January to September of 2020, uh, 77,470 youth reported experiencing frequent suicidal ideation. Um, we also have a stat I mentioned before about a 56% increase in uh, suicide um, in youth between the years of 2007-2017. According to the Healthy Mind Study Report, um, which was 2018-19, 36 of students are dealing with moderate to major depression, while 31% have anxiety disorders. I mean, the bottom line is, is that with COVID, um, and with the amount of isolation that you mentioned before that kids are experiencing at an extreme level um, and anxiety, it has skyrocketed the need for mental health, especially in this age group. Um, so now we, we're, the holidays are upon us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we all know, you know, Every, the, you know, it's said every year that, you know, the holidays, you know, it, as much as everybody celebrates, it's also, it's also a very emotional time. A, a, lot, a lot of people get depressed around the holidays. Um, so how do we open the lines of communication during, during this time um, about mental health and the holidays? Sure. Um, so I, you know, I have some, some tips around the holidays. I mean, first of all, manage your expectations. Um, number one, I mean, this is not a normal year. This is a year that has been extremely unprecedented. So to have an expectation of what normal looks like, I mean, I kind of thrown that out the window at this point, because really it's a whole different world. Um, you know, pull back when you need to pull back. In other words, when you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious, give yourself a break. I mean, it's really not a time to push yourself or to power through any feeling. Um, and with that being said, you want to reach out to the people in your life that you feel safe with. Um, if you're worried about someone else, then you can even offer them, you'd be willing to talk to them, help them find someone safe to talk to. Um, monitor your moods, you know. Um, it's okay not to be okay or not to feel okay. It's what you do with it. And um, what you do with yourself around it, which is if you're not being generous with yourself, if you're giving yourself a hard time, if you're making yourself wrong, then I can tell you that's only going to exacerbate the issue. It's really, it's really giving yourself a break around what you're going through and offering that to others. Um, and if you go to um, shifttoshow.com, we have resources right there. Um, it, there's a little section that says need help. And if you hit that, there are some amazing resources. Um, the crisis text line, you can text once again, hello to 741-741. Um, the suicide hotline, which is also on our resource list, but there's a few others there too. So it's shifttheshow.com. Great. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you said that, you know, th with, with this year, it's, it's not a normal not a normal year. There's, there's, it's far from normal. Um, and this year, um, the holidays are much different for, uh, for, for everybody. But I'm going to speak about my family. Um, my parents, you know, are usually heavily involved with everything that we, that we do from Thanksgiving to Christmas dinner to, you know, New Year's, all, all of that. Um, and now that they're, they're 
you know, they're older and I've got younger kids. And so they, they've like stayed away and it's, it's, it's really hard. You know, it's really hard on a lot of different levels because my father has major anxiety about, about COVID, you know, about, about getting it, about giving it to somebody, Um, you know, all the, all the talk about the, um, about the vaccines and this and that or whatever. Um, and they're not, you know, they're not going to be around. They're not going to be around for, for Christmas. They're not, they weren't around for Thanksgiving and, you know, Thanksgiving was rough, but Christmas is going to be real hard. You know, like I said, I'm 43 years old. This is going to be the first year in my life where I'm not going to see my parents on Christmas Eve or Christmas day. Um, yeah. You know, so a lot of people are, are going to be experiencing that. And, and I think like, like you said, Mary, like one of the things you need to do is kind of like mentally prepare yourself. Like, like, you know, this is not a normal year. So when Christmas hits, don't be like, you know, you can't like, Oh my God. It, like, like it's a shock, <laughs> you know, it, it's something that you have to, you know, prepare yourself for and, and make, make, consolations you know like oh well we're not going to see each other you know whatever but we can do this or or at this time you know when we're maybe when we're opening gifts then we'll we'll have you on facetime you know or 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 something like that you gotta you gotta like learn how to prepare you know for for this kind of stuff so so it you get a slight sense of normalcy i guess but but you you have to be aware of, of the fact that it's just not it's not. Yeah, and it's not forever. <laughs> it's yeah. not forever. There's there is a there is light. Um, every, every, uh, every year we have a at my at my house we have a ugly sweater party, and <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and John John comes John comes all the time and, and it's a great thing. So it's it's one of the best times. It really and, is. And you know we're not obviously we're not doing it. Can't do year. it. But like it's so it's so funny because we um, there are certain things that I was like oh if only we were having the party this year like it, it would be so great <laughs> if we you know whatever so I find myself making like mental notes like all right well when this when this all settles down when you know when when the dust clears and everything and we're able to do this again then then we got to do this and and you know so I've been you know making little. Um, like notes to myself, like, <laughs> it, right. like, like, um, uh, vacation, you know, we, nobody's going anywhere. Like we spent, we spend a lot of time and money and effort into making our backyard a, a retreat and an oasis this past summer because we knew we weren't going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, so we invested a little bit of money. We, we took the time and we made, we made our backyard like this beautiful, like hideaway. And that's what we did this summer. Right, but there are times when I'm like, ah, if we could only, you know, yeah, it it was great to it was great to be there since I never saw it. (laughs) Because I couldn't go, I couldn't go. (laughs) Believe me, you once once the floodgates open, you'll you'll be the first in line. No, I know. Yeah, and it's funny because just to jump on what Kevin was saying, my uh, my wife grew up in Ohio. Your wife, her family, her. My wife, Jen, um, her, her, her family's out in Ohio and she hasn't seen her family in over a year, you know, like, like, I think the last time we were out was maybe last Christmas. So like, it, it's going to be a year. No, actually, no, I'm lying. We were out in June cause we had a, we, we, we had a, a death in the family, uh, you know, um, tra- tragic, you know, uh, work, work related accident. So that's like a whole yeah. other it's, no, yeah, it's it's a whole other mental uh, health issue that you know with that too, but like like we usually go out for th- we usually go out to visit our family for Thanksgiving. Can't go, you know. We usually try to go out for Christmas. Can't go, you know. And then it's like they're so close to the Indiana border, where it's like Indiana's on quarantine, Ohio's not on quarantine. This place is this place isn't, and and then like. You know, like her, her mind is spinning constantly, and I'm just like, "Whoa, it, it's gonna be fine." <laughs> you know, we're we're gonna be okay. You know, but like it, it's it's a whole like crazy situation. I just 
I want it to pass. You know, I really do. Because like for her, you know, she, I mean, she, she needs to see her family, you know, like her, her poor sister, you know, with, with, you know, with what she's going through. And then, you know, she wants to go see her mom and she can't, you know, cause she was so close to this person that was infected. It's, it's like a crazy thing. Yeah. You know, that's going on. And now I'm dealing with the same thing with trying to literally right now, like every day my mom and I are on the phone, like, okay, so if I quarantine for seven days there, like about going back to Seattle or not for Christmas and her and I both understand that we might just need to say no. And it's really sad, but we're also like, can I fly and then quarantine for seven days in a hotel and then go see her? It <laughs> seems ridiculous. And part of me is just like, maybe this is just the year where we just don't try to force it. Yeah. But also, like, I've never not seen my family for a full year, and I will have only seen them one time in this whole 2020, which is mm. crazy. Crazy. Don, you that. were you were saying how how long has it been since they since your uh, her family hasn't seen her? Well, we went out in June, but we didn't stay at the farm. Well, like, my wife grew up on a farm. Mm. We didn't stay at the farm. We stayed at a hotel because she didn't. Because at that time in June, New Jersey was the highest. You know, we were at the highest quarantine level. We were at the highest like restriction level. So, so we had to, we had to go to the funeral. You know, we, there was no way we couldn't go. You know, but it was still kind of like new. Like, really, people didn't know what was really going on. So, like, we haven't really seen them since that short period of time. And it, and, and I'm telling you, like, we did the funeral. We did like a short like like meeting at like her sister's house, and that was it. Like we were like we we were very scarce in that whole situation. So they haven't you know what I'm saying? they haven't seen her since then? No, yeah, not since then. God, and crazy. like I said, we usually go out for Thanksgiving. We always really like try to go out a couple times a year. They're so, and we just don't seem like we're gonna go. They're so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> what they buy me beer and I'm good. You know, I drive tractors, it's great. I love it out there. They maybe no, I'm like saying that. they haven't seen Jen in, in that long. They're lucky. Oh, <laughs> they're like, oh, thank God. Thank God for the pandemic. Wow. There's the silver lining. Way to go, Ted. Way to go. Vote <laughs> <Not> for me. <laughs> so, so now where where are you guys where are you guys headed now? Like what what's the direction you're heading? What what are some things that you got going in the future? What what's what's next for you guys? Um yeah, great question. So we're you know, we're really just excited, uh, we're stoked to be bringing these wellness rallies to every community um, that that sees um, a need. And so far, the reception has been, you know, really fantastic. <coughs> Just like I said, bringing bringing these um, shift wellness rallies to high schools, to universities, to communities, to corporations with young uh, uh, staff, uh, and um, and you know, we're we're we've been fortunate to have some conversations with some. Um, people uh, in the business world that really see what we're out to cause and create with the shift. And so, um, you know, you guys might have to have us back again um, in the next six months or so, because there's some really exciting stuff on the horizon. You know, uh, what I was going to, what I was going to say before we wrap all of this up is that I would really love to have you guys on like every couple of months, you know, just to keep this, to keep this conversation going, to keep it fresh, to keep people um, abreast of what you guys are doing, and and you know, like you said, just to keep that, just to keep that conversation out there, because you yeah. know, I really, you know, you know, I, I honestly, I haven't really thought too much about mental health, you know, um, bef before I started to to go and whatever, it didn't really. Um, it didn't really affect me personally. Um, so I, I never really thought about it much, you know, honestly. And since talking to you guys, mm. you know, it's really, it's really become important to me to keep, you know, keep talking about it and to keep it out there. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's funny, like I, I, I've, every once in a while I find, 
<clears throat> I I hear about a, a celebrity that is, um, you know, that's going through some some mental illness and and you know some health mental health issues and stuff. And I get on the horn of you guys, and I'm like, hey, talk to this person because they might be a really good ambassador or you know somebody to to get out there. Um, so like. I'm always, I, I always think about you guys and, you. and think about the work that you're doing. So I would definitely love to have a recurring thing where you guys come on every couple of months and, you know, show, you know, talk to us about where you're at and, and, you know, um, you know, the strides that you've made and, and things like that, because I, I really believe that what you guys are doing is am amazing work and it needs to, it needs to be, it needs to keep going. That so. means a lot, Kevin. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, thank, thank you guys again. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, do you guys have any last any last things you want to say? Um, you know what I want to do? What What have you guys What have you guys learned since you since you've started doing this that that really like sticks with you? Um, uh, Mary, why don't we start with you? Well, I guess I've learned that I'm not the only one who grew up with like cultural um, stigmas around mental health. You know, I grew up in an Italian Irish household and there was a lot of non-talk and it's hearing, and I'm hearing it from all over that there are many cultures who are trying to um, drop that kind of thinking and allow these conversations to happen more often. So that's one thing. Nadia, how about you? Ooh, just one? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can hit us with a few. Um, really just how, how needed this conversation is. I think I didn't understand when I first got involved with this project, I didn't fully understand um, the need for it. Um, and throughout the process of you know producing all these episodes and having so many conversations with jokers like yourself, um, <laughs> I uh, I've just really um, been blown away at the reception um, and uh, just that right when you think you you understand um, the the global capacity of of the shift. Um, someone elevates the conversation and, uh, and, you know, opens up our own vision, um, to be able to just expand on really the impact that we're out the cause in the world. And, you know, we've gone from a, a docu-series to a platform. That's what the shift is now. It's a platform and we're in the process of it of building that out. But in, in the very near future, um, you will see a lot more than just one show that helps to start the conversation and stop the stigma and um, really provide a shift in people's state of mind being and in their lives because that's what we're really out to do is empower young people and their communities. Adrian, how about you? Oh man. I, you know, I mean, this is kind of cliche, but I feel like I've just, I've learned really how many different, I've, I've seen beyond my bubble, right, of my own life, my own experience, my own friends, and I've talked to so many different people, and really, I mean, back to what I was just saying about everyone, or, you know, most people, I won't say every single person, but I, I feel like every single person has experienced either with themselves or a family member or a friend, some sort of mental health issue. I really am just learning that that is correct. Like I'm learning that everyone really has, and that the second you open up about it or, or say anything, whenever I tell anyone about this, about this, the shift, their eyes just light up in some way. There, there is always something that someone can relate to or be like, Oh, my brother is going through this or, Oh yeah, I was just telling so-and-so about this therapist. Like there's just, there is this common connection among all of us when it comes to this, that no matter what anyone's going through, there is a common thread. It could be so different. You could be over here and they could be over here and there's a whole spectrum and everyone's on their own journey, but we're all doing it. And so you're not alone. No one's alone. And I think it's like, I felt like I knew that 
but just going through what we've been going through and, and talking to so many people and just evolving this project has just really taught me that that indeed is correct and more so than I even thought at the start. That's it. <laughs> Great. I mean, that, that's all I've ever, that's, all. <laughs> that's the only thing. No, um, so yeah, I, once again, guys, thank you so much for coming on, for, for returning. Um, and, you know, like I said, we, we love having you guys on and we hope that we can keep this going. Like I said, every couple of months, come on back and, and let us know the progress you've made and, and, and what's going on and, and everything like that. Because it, like I said, it's wonderful, wonderful work that you guys are doing. And, and, and you know, and, and, you know, I think it's funny that you said that you're coming on like the Joker show, you know, because like, you know what, like we, everybody needs help, man. You know, maybe someone that listens to our show needs help and they don't want to admit it. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those things, you know, that's why we kind of like, like we do whatever we want, yeah. you know, like, like, we, like our show, like we have no like focus, like we just do whatever we want. And, and I'm telling you, we might, like, might want to talk to somebody about that. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, like we do a lot of different things. Like we do like nerd stuff, you know, and we do like, serious stuff but but i think the fact that we do some serious stuff though too is kind of like important you know and 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 i think that like every once in a while maybe someone that listens to the show might need some help and you know i, I think not not just not just for variety but the <coughs> fact but the fact that we are a comedy show i guess you know we <laughs> You know, we try to be funny with the most of the things that we do are, are based around, you know, our senses of humor and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we stop and do something like this, I think really makes our fans, you know, all, you know, the tens of listeners that we have. <laughs> I love know, it really makes them it really makes them you know, stand up and take notice of, of like, all right, well, you know. Th this is this is different and you know maybe there's a reason that it's different and and it kind of like shocks them into listening you know i guess mm -hmm. you know? i love that i also i find that it's so amazing and beautiful when you can make a conversation like this more lighthearted because i feel like <clears throat> this is what we're supposed to do it should be normal when when it feels intimidating and scary and and so professional and so serious all the time that's even more reason why people just don't want to talk about it but when people like you who are jokesters and are just chill and fun can like all of a sudden get serious, then people are like, oh, okay, wait. And even in getting serious, you're still being you and, and talking about it in your way. Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. I think that everyone with any, I think people are also afraid. Some people in your type of position would be afraid to break that kind of character of like getting serious. And so it's awesome that you guys are willing to put some of that in, into the mix. Cause I think it's like, you are over here saying, Hey, we're comedians and we're funny and we do this and that, but also guess what? We also deal with some shit and that's life. <coughs> Let's talk about it. Like, I think that's so awesome and powerful and we need more of that. So yes, keep going. Thank you guys. Uh, once again, thank you guys for coming out. Why don't you um, let us know you know, let our listeners know where they can find you, you know, your websites, your, your um, social media tag, yeah. and your everything. So hit us. I'll take it away. So we are on pretty much every social media um, platform. Primarily, you can really find us on Instagram at the shift underscore series. Um, you, and same with Twitter and TikTok and medium, even it's all the shift underscore series. On Facebook, we are The Shift Show Official. And then you can always go to our website for all things, what we're doing, how to be involved, how to donate, how to see anything, resources. Uh, and that is www.shifttheshow.com. That's but it. wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> so for your listeners, um, like, you know, if this resonates, if, you know, anything that we've shared resonates, we'd love your support to help bring the Shift Wellness Rally to your community, um, to your school, to your, to your university, um, to your corporation. Um, if, you know, if you are so prone to start a conversation with your local, you know, school principal or your university administrator or your corporate uh, corporation admin, um, please, uh, you can contact our fantastic PR company, 
Espada PR, shout out to them um, mm -hmm. at jasmine at espadapr.com. Um, and on the East and Midwest coast, we have another fantastic uh, PR company, uh, Imagine Consultants. And uh, if you're you know, just wanting to start a conversation around bringing the Shift Wellness Rally to your community in the East or Midwest, you can contact crolon at imagineconsultants.com. And um, for those of us who can't spell, I'm sure John and Kevin will be so kind as to include the exact spelling in their post. And Nadia, um, Camille had asked that we mention the disclaimer. Ah, sure. So, um, you know, this, this episode has, has been discussing mental and emotional health. And if you or someone you know is feeling distressed, please go to our website, shifttheshow.com. Uh, we've posted connections there to resources that can help anyone at any time, 24-7, confidential and free. All right, guys. Um, thank you guys once again. Um, we've got Nadia Sarmova, Albert Foley, Adrian Woo! Finch. Thank Woo! you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having us. And once again, guys. Oh, it's awesome. Awesome. What's always awesome. I mean, amazing. Yeah, we we love it. We really, really do. Um, once again, guys, you have been listening to John and Kevin's Big Stupid Podcast. And we are on with the shift today. One more time. Give it up. Right. And um, if you're looking for us, you can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. And on Facebook and Instagram, it is Big Stupid Podcast. And on Twitter, it is also Big Stupid Podcast. But on Twitter, there is no... No, I in stupid. stupid. <laughs> uh, once again, guys, thank you guys for listening. John, you got anything else you want to say? Hey, have fun, everybody. Have fun. You've been listening to John and Kevin's Big Stupid Podcast. Presented in part by Anchor. Everything you need to be the podcast all in one place for free. Check out anchor.fm today. Promotional considerations provided by Powerbar. The show's theme, High Octane, is provided by Ben Sound. Providing royalty-free music for your next project. Visit www.bensound.com for more. Guests of the Big Stupid Podcast receive no compensation for their time their opinions, nor their half-big theories. To be part of the show, email John and Kevin at BigStupidPodcast at gmail.com or call 201-338-0098 and leave a message. Participants waive all rights to anything resembling coherence and or common sense. John and Kevin's Big Stupid Podcast is a presentation of Party Boss Productions Unlimited.